Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Do me a favor, encourage somebody next to you. Tell them, say, neighbor, I am coming out of this valley. Tell them, say, this is the last one. Yeah, 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 yeah. This this is the last one. Good morning, Harvest. Are y'all ready to get into the word today? We welcome those at every campus, those watching online today. We're excited that you're with us. Lift your Bibles high. I'm excited to get into this word. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is... This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I'm about to receive. Remain standing for just a few more moments. If you would go to Numbers chapter 13, Moses, or Moses chapter, did I say Moses chapter 13? Numbers chapter 13. Y'all know what I meant. No, I'm just joking. Uh, Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to look uh, there at verse, uh, get down to verse number 17. Numbers 13, verse 17. We're ending the series today. And uh, through this series, you ought to be up out your valleys. Matter of fact, before we even read the scripture, just take your step. Just take your step. If it's your first time, you say, Bishop, what are y'all doing? We're just stepping right up out the valley. You just, you just need to see yourself stepping out the valley sometimes. Because sometimes you've been in it for so long, you don't think you're ever going to get out of it. Some of you sitting here today, you've been messed up and jacked up for so long, you can't even imagine that you don't have to be that way. But I got an announcement from heaven just for you. You are coming up out of that valley. I need somebody to just shout about it if you believe that. 
Let me also say this. You might say, Bishop, you ask us to shout a lot. I ask you to do that because a shout, number one, it's very cathartic for you. It's very therapeutic for you. But number two, in the scriptures, whenever God was getting ready to do something great for the people, I feel a pull right here already. Whenever God was getting ready to do something great for the people, he required a shout because a shout in the, in the scriptures, they would blow the ram's horn, which called everything into order. And when they couldn't blow the ram's horn, he'd just tell them to shout. And sometimes when he was going to do something real big he say shout and blow the rams on now i just feel something right here that i need to release before we get into this word can i release it real quickly in the scripture my god god tells the children of israel this ain't where we go going but somebody's pulling on me today in the scripture god told the children of israel with joshua he said i want you to march around the walls of jericho and he says, for six days, I want you to do it once a day. And then he says, on the seventh day, I want you to do it seven times. Now, uh, I, I don't know about you. You may not be an expert at math, but six and seven is. In other words, he said, at the conclusion of the 13th roundabout, I want you to shout because I'm getting ready to knock the walls down. Now, maybe you can't count and maybe you don't know what year it is, but some of you have been going in circles year after year after year. But after 13, God says to you, shout because I'm getting ready to knock the walls down. Or you ain't shouting like he going to do it. You ain't shouting like you believe it. Shout, my walls are coming down. Shout, I'm coming out of this valley. Listen, what are you trying to say? You're getting ready to walk into the greatest days of your life. You've been stressed out your last day. You've been angry for your last day. You've been broke for your last day. Somebody's already pulling on me. Here it is. Numbers chapter 13. Get to verse 17. I got to teach this. Oh, my God. I would not miss New Year's Eve if I was you. I just look at your neighbor and say, do not miss New Year's Eve. A, you got to be drinking Drano and smoking dope simultaneously to miss New Year's Eve. <sighs> num num numbers 13. Uh, this is the last circle around that mountain. Uh -huh. Numbers 13, verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, say the promised land. And he said to them, go up this way and to the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Now, now what's the name of the land? The promised land. So he's saying, I want you to see what your promise looks like before you get it. <clears throat> he, he, said, he said, see whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are for forests there or not. Watch this. Be of good courage. In, in essence, God was saying, I know what you're getting ready to look at is going to mess you up. <laughs> you ever thought about the potential of you having what you actually desired and got nervous? Can we be honest? Sometimes the fear that we have is not a fear of failure, but it's a fear of actually getting what it is that you want. And you're just so concerned that because your whole life you've been messed up and jacked up, you're going to mess this up too. Mo Moses, he, he tells him, he says, be of good courage. Watch this. And he says, but I want you to bring me some fruit back. 
he, he, watch this, because he says, now is the time and the season for the first ripe grapes. In other words, in other words, Moses said, it's due season. Moses said, this is the time we've been waiting for. Moses said, this is the time that mama and them used to tell us about, daddy and them used to tell us about. He said, Moses says, this is the time for the season for the first ripe grapes. It's due season. Say due season. Verse 21, so they went up and spied out the land for the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahim, Shishah, Talmai, and the descendants of Anak were there. Now, Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. Now, the descendants of Anak, we're going to look at who they are in just a minute. Verse 23, then they came to the valley of Eshcol. And there they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes and carried it, watch this, between two of them on a pole. Now, look at me, hearts, because y'all missed that. Them some big old grapes. I know that's not right English, but just you follow what I'm saying. If you got to have two dudes carrying the grapes, that's some big grapes. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you this part now. Eshkol means the valley of fruitfulness. <laughs> and carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit. Then they told him and said, we went to the land you sent us, the promised land. It truly flows with milk and honey. And look, this is its fruit. In other words, they were like, we, we can show you this much better than we can tell you. So, so, so watch this. Watch what they do. Watch, watch what they do. Verse 27. Go back. Verse 27. They're saying, listen, this is it. This is everything we thought. This, this is it. But look at verse 28. But nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, they're, they're, they're strong. In, in other words, they were saying, we know God gave us this, but we didn't think we was going to have to fight. Just because it's God's will doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Look at the neighbor say, tell him, say, it don't mean it's going to be easy. It don't mean... No, it just, just means he's going to go with you, but it don't mean it's going to be easy. He says, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. They're like citadels is another word that could be used there. And they're very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, Icantina, all the rest of them dwell in the mountains. <laughs> and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Look at verse 30. Then Caleb, so now watch this. So the people are getting all in a roar. They're getting in an uproar. And in verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. In other words, he was like, shut up. You, you need somebody in your life that when you're acting stupid can just say, shut up. Let me be that person in your life today. Shut up. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Watch this. For we are well able to overcome it. Now, that's interesting because he didn't say them, he said it, which means he's talking about a, an it, not a them, which means Caleb wasn't concerned about the people. He was concerned about how they thought about the people. 
Look at verse 31. We'll unpack it in a minute. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against up the peop- uh, get, uh, go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Old King James thinks it says evil report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people are men of great stature. Watch verse 33. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. Look at this. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. They didn't call us that. They didn't say we were that. They didn't even know we were there. But we disqualified ourselves. And so we were disqualified with them. Oh, Father, speak in this place today. In this last message of this Through the Valley series, I pray that, Father, you would bring all of this to a zenith, bring it all to an apex, Father, that we might move and walk in those great things that you have ordained for our lives. We thank you, Father, that as we go through this last valley, that this last valley would be the nail on the coffin in all of the valleys that everybody under the sound of my voice is facing. I declare that when this word goes forth, you're going to custom tailor it, Father, for every individual hearing it, that they will think that this message was a message that has their name on it that you would think there's been cameras in their house for the last several months recording uh, speak today in such a supernatural way that nobody can leave this place or nobody can leave watching online had not having known that they've had a divine encounter not with bishop foreman but they've had a divine encounter with jesus christ so now i decrease that you might increase in jesus name somebody ought to shout hallelujah you think you know the title, but you don't. Tell your neighbor, say, be careful, be careful. in the valley of shadows. Uh-huh. You can be seated. You can be seated. As you know, we're ending our series, and I want to end it strong. Anybody else want to end it strong? So I want you to make this confession before we get into the word. Say, I'm expecting God to answer every question I have on my mind in this message. So now watch this, Harvest. If you'll expect it, he's going to perform it. Say, every question I had when I walked in this door, God's getting ready to answer. We're in the stories now, Numbers 13. Moses sends 12 leaders. They were not regular people. They were leaders. He sends 12 leaders from the Israelites to spy out the promised land that they'd probably been hearing about since they were little kids. Uh, The people had been slaves now for the majority of their lives, and now they're on the verge of possessing the promised land. Now, for you and I today, there is no specific lot of land, if you will. It's not a promised land, but it's a promised lifestyle. Bishop, what is that lifestyle? It's not a lifestyle that's probably free but it's a lifestyle to where you have so much life that you're able to now bring others back to life it is called the kingdom life say the kingdom life say it like you mean it say the kingdom life the kingdom life is a life where heaven's attributes invade your everyday living. It is where now the climate and culture of your life reflect the atmosphere of heaven, uh, which means whenever heaven sees a problem, heaven doesn't declare a problem. It immediately declares a solution. Uh, when Jesus walked up and saw somebody was blind, he didn't say, oh, Lord, you know, they're blind. Instead, he just said, have you some sight? Whenever uh, there were some people that were hungry, he didn't say, Lord, you know, they hungry. He just said, let me go get that Captain D's two uh, piece. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Y'all don't know nothing about the Captain D's two fish, two piece, and the little crunchy things at the bottom of the box. Don't act like you don't eat the crunchy things at the bottom of the box and you put vinegar on the crunchy things at the bottom of the box. Yeah. 
I am not the only one. But y'all, please not do your bishop like that and leave him out there hanging. I got a witness that eats the crunchy things on the bottom of the box. Watch this. Watch this. Say the promised life. Now, now, can I let you know something? Because most people, when you think of the promised life or even this concept of the promised land, uh, perhaps what comes to mind for you is, man, if I had a, a, a more money, if I had more cars, if I had more this, if I had more that. Can I give you an interesting side note, an interesting anecdotal fact, if you will? God made the children of Israel rich when they came out of Egypt in one night. So the promised land wasn't about money, houses, and cars. Can, can I make an announcement to you? God getting you resources is not a big deal for him. He just needs to know if he gets them to you, can he get them through you? Because you're not supposed to be a reservoir that stores up. You're supposed to be a river where things can flow through. So the issue of the promised land was not an issue of money, houses, and cars. God was like, I can do that with my eyes closed. The issue was a lifestyle. I wish you'd shout the kingdom. I wish you'd shout that. Say the kingdom. The promised land was something greater than stuff. It was a lifestyle to where you could have stuff, but stuff ain't got you. See, you know you're living the kingdom life to where God can do more with you with less than what he could do with more. You know you're living the kingdom life when you can be making less money now than you've ever made, but yet you're doing more than you've ever done because God's given you a lifestyle. I wish I had some witnesses in here that knew about this kingdom lifestyle I'm talking about. It's greater than money and stuff. Slaves chase money. Kingdom folks let money chase them. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Slaves are chasing houses and cars, but kingdom folk let that stuff chase them. Somebody shout, I'm kingdom, baby. I'm king. Yeah, yeah, heaven's attributes are invading my everyday life. And no, everything's not perfect. And no, everything's not the way I want for it to be. But it's so better than it used to be. And I may not be everything that I want to be today. But baby, I'm making progress. And I... So now watch this. That was just a side note. Watch this. Three points for my note takers. I'm going to make this one real simple for you. First test in the valley of shadows is you got to pass the vision test. You have to pass the vision. Let me use another word, exam. Now, check this out. It took, anybody like going to the eye doctor? Like going? <laughs> I don't know anybody. Like, just lights going. They blowing all that stuff in your eye. You're going to blow my eyeball out. Why what, what, what's this? What's this? Say pass the vision exam. Now watch this, y'all. It took 40 days for them to spy out the land, which means what God was giving them took more than one day to take it all in. Can I make an announcement to you that what God is trying to do for you is going to take you more than one day to take it all in? But now watch this. 40 is the biblical number of testing or examination, which means them being in the promised land spying it out for 40 days means that it was a test of could they handle what they saw even though they didn't know how. I'm going to say that again. Could they handle what they saw even though they didn't know how? See, often you and I have a problem called answering questions ain't nobody asked you. Uh, because God just told them, Moses just told them to go take a look at the land and bring back a, a, a report. Tell them what the land was like. And yet, in them bringing back a report, they had self-defeated. They were self-saboteurs. They didn't need an enemy to get involved. Don't be the kind of person to where Satan ain't even got to get involved because you'll defeat you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Watch this, watch this. I made reference to it earlier. In essence, what happened for the children, for these 12 spies, when they went to the land, they started thinking about having what they had believed God for and believe and, and, and having what they had believed God wanted them to have, and then they got nervous about it. 
They didn't have it, but they got nervous about the potential of having it. I'm going to help somebody. Watch this. Watch this. If what you see doesn't challenge you, often it won't change you. Now, 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 watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Often before the manifestation of something great in your life, there is a vision test. Say a vision test. Say a vision exam. Now, watch this. Uh, I did some research. The goal of a vision exam is a series of tests assessing vision and the ability, watch this, to focus on and to discern objects as well as other tests and examinations pertaining to the eyes. Check this out. Uh, healthcare professionals often recommend that all people have periodic and thorough eye examinations as part of primary care. Watch this part. Especially since many eye diseases are asymptomatic. Now, some of y'all got lost at asymptomatic. It means you can't tell something's wrong. And your wrong will become right because you don't know that it's wrong because it has no symptoms. Okay, I'm going to help somebody in here that speaks the King's English. In in other words, check this out. When you're dealing with a vision exam, please understand uh, what they are trying to find out is if there's something wrong with your focus and if there's something wrong with your vision because often you don't know that there's something wrong with it until it's tested. That's why some of you say, I just feel like I'm being tested. I feel like I'm being tested. Can I suggest to you, maybe you are. It's because sometimes God's trying to get you to see that you're not seeing things the right way. You're not looking at things the right way. And you're not focused. You're focused on everything you shouldn't be. And you ain't focused on what you should be. You're majoring in the minors, but you're failing in the majors. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. In other words, the vision exam suggests to us that you might not be seeing things right and you might not even know it. The children of Israel, these were leaders. Say leaders. These weren't just some Johnny-come-lately folk. These weren't just some regular old children of Israel. No, these were leaders of the people that were sent out and they were so jacked up by their past that they didn't even know it until their vision was checked. Okay, it's, okay, y'all shouting earlier about coming out 13 all this here. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Let me prove to you that, th- that this vision exam was such a big deal. The proof is that 12 men looked at the same thing. 10 of them saw the same thing, and two of them saw something different. So evidently, if 12 people can look at the same thing and see something different, somebody's vision ain't quite right. Some, somebody, somebody ain't seeing something right. Some, somebody ain't examining something right. Something is going on. Something is going on. Watch this. Here's what was going on. Is that those 10, watch this. Watch this. Let me say this to you. Common thinking is average. And average people are common. <laughs> common thinking is average. And average people are common. Oh, watch this. You, you, you know, you, can, can I just talk about me real quick? I, I don't have a particular taste in my mouth for people who like being average. I don't have a particular affinity for people who like doing the least and expect getting the most. Can I just say, I don't like lazy people. The lazy people really bother me in a way that I just have to turn my head so that my mouth doesn't speak things that I have to talk to Jesus about later on. I don't like people who like doing the very least and expect God to do the very most for them. I don't like people who like to not do their part but want you to do your part. And then when you don't do your part, they act like they've been doing their part the whole time. I don't like that, me personally. 
I don't like, uh, while I'm on it, let me just have a little tangent. I don't like liars. I don't like betrayers. I'm able to find my enemies very easily because they're friends with my enemies. You can't be loyal to me and loyal to my enemy at the same time. Which means when I figure out that you're loyal to my enemy, thank you because you just revealed yourself. You a stowaway. You thought you was hiding and I didn't know it. Okay, I'm okay. But see, now watch this. Average folk are content with eating, going to bed, and complaining about the job they prayed for. Man, I gotta work on New Year's Eve. You ought to be glad that you got a job. Oh, lazy, average, stank. Oh, no, and I'm talking to Denver because that thing is rampant in Denver. And that's why he sent me to this region because it's time to upgrade y'all thinking. Y'all think too low and you're arrogant about nothing. How you going to be prideful? Ain't got nothing to be arrogant about. You ain't got nothing to be had no attitude about. Bougie without a cause. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You bet. I'm feeling a little thuggy. You better say something. Lock the door. Compton Bishop just showed him. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But you ever met folk bougie without the calls? Got their head all up like they all that. And you like. I'm just trying to figure out what you arrogant about. Gonna be prideful, have something to be prideful about. If you're gonna fall, because pride comes before a fall, at least fall for a good reason. You're falling off a frontin'. Okay, my sister. Common thinking is average. Forgive me, I had to have a tangent. Please don't be offended if you are. Oh well. Uh, common thinking is average. And average people are common. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm not average. Say it again. Say, I'm not average. I know you're not because I'm your pastor and I know what I'm called to be and I know who I am. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Kingdom people, here's how we think. Say this is how we think. We see opportunity in opposition. We see innovation in limitation. Check it out. We see harvest in humiliation. And we see potential in pain. Average folks see pain and say, I guess I just can't do no more because I just am in so much pain. Kingdom people say, I'll do it while I'm hurting. If I got to drag my leg behind me, I bet you I'm going to keep on walking, though. I bet you I'm going to keep it moving, though. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Average folk have one suit, and they complain about it every week. Kingdom folk will say, well, let me get creative. I'll put that shirt with that. Then I'll fold the legs up on that one time, make it look like a whole nother... Average people complain when they go through rough financial times. Kingdom folk just say, well, I can sow more seed and now I can be more disciplined. Say, I'm kingdom. Now check this out. Listen to what they said. This is what they said. We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Question, based on what? How do you know they're stronger than you? You've never even engaged the battle. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Because they were average. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt never came out of them. 
Egypt means narrow, limited, stressful. They were out of a physical location, but that physical location still had residence in them. And so God's saying, I'm trying to give you everything you ever wanted. And yet they're fighting God, telling God why he can't give them what it is that they really want because they are self-saboteurs. But I came with an announcement for somebody today. Today is your last day of being a self-saboteur. Stop talking yourself out of what you ain't even figured out yet. They said they are stronger than we were. How in the world do you know that? I was, I was, I was, what was this? They were thinking within the confines of what they experienced in life, not what life could be. They were thinking within the confines of what they'd experienced, not what life could be. So they're in a whole new realm. And they're judging today by the failures of yesterday. So they make today yesterday so they are in a perpetual state of regret. Can, can, can I talk to your neighbor real quick? The reason sometimes you get moody and you have problems with folk is because you live in a place called regret. And you live in a place called grief. And you're grieving and you don't even know it. And it comes out on how you treat people. And that's why you wake up one morning and say, I don't know what's wrong with me. Can I tell you? Perhaps it's because you're grieving. Because your mind decided today was going to be yesterday. But sometimes you got to tell your mind, no, this ain't going down like this. <laughs> Listen to what they said. Y'all okay? They said the land devours its inhabitants. How do they know that? How, how do they know that? How do they know that? It's the same way you think, well, I'm not going to apply for that because I know I wouldn't get it. How do you know that? How do you know that? I'm not going to pray that because I know God ain't going to do that because I messed up last week. How do you know that? The book says his mercies are brand new every day, which means when I got up today, he wasn't judging my today by my yesterday. He gave me a brand new issue of mercy. And you know what mercy is? Mercy is when God doesn't give you what you actually do deserve. Because for what you've done and what I have done, the things we've done, we deserve some messed up, jacked up stuff to happen to us. But mercy steps in and says, no. Oh, y'all don't want to be honest? For some of the stuff you've done, let's just tell the truth. For some of the stuff you've done, you look with a judgmental look at other folks. The difference is you just didn't get caught. They got caught. The difference is, is that mercy stopped you from getting caught. And I wish I had a church full of people that wouldn't be arrogant but would say, Thank you for your mercy, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for blocking what should have came my way. Watch this. Look at what they said. The land devours his inhabitants. In other words, their promise seemed like it would swallow them up. It was so massive. Check this out. The issue was they didn't know where to start. You ever had issues? You're like, I don't even know where to start. Let me make it a little bit more pragmatic. You ever let your house get real? Mm? Y'all know what mm is, don't you? And then when it's time to clean that mm up, all I say, I don't even know. And, and, and then what happens? Here, here's what average people do. Well, just put that under there. And just put that in the kitchen. You got bills in your kitchen. Bills don't go next to the silverware. And by the way, technically it's flatware, not silverware, because it ain't silver. But just a point of reference, but whatever. You got, you got Comcast, Excel. GE Capital, 
Whoever you got, whatever you got. Right next to your dishes. Don't be sitting up here acting like that, because I, matter of fact, we have some special video footage this week from, I'm just messing. Check, check this out. Watch this. Watch this. Listen, listen, young. Watch this. Watch this. It was so massive they didn't know where to start. Can we be honest? You ever had so much stuff going on? You're like, God, I don't even know where to start. You ever had so much wrong you needed to write, you didn't know how to start writing your wrong? Would y'all please be honest with me? And for those of you who ain't shaking or raising, let's start with your lying problem. Let's start with that today. <laughs> Let's fix your line problem. We can get that fixed today. Now, now, take this out, y'all. Listen, 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 listen. Rather than them saying, Lord, you told us it's ours, so help us. Like the man with Jesus. Lord, I believe, but there's a part of me that just doesn't see how this is going to happen. So, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. They didn't say that. You know what they did? They just disqualified themselves. And here's what they did, y'all. They started seeing shadows. Come on, help me teach today. A shadow is an area where direct light from the light source cannot reach due to obstruction by an object. You can see, if you look on the stage now, you can see this little side table. You can see lights coming through it, lights hitting it from all these different directions. But if you look right here, you can see there's a shadow. The shadow is because the direct light cannot get past this because this is an obstruction to the light. Which means, watch this, is that even though there's light shining there, I can't see it because something's in the way. There is light shining on this, but I cannot see this because something's in the way. I wish y'all would help me. Watch this. Uh, Bishop, what was the shadow they started to see? The obstruction to the light was their perception of the giants. Stay with me. They couldn't see the light of the promise because the giants were blocking it. Okay, all right, I can see we got to work this. Listen to what they said. And all the people of whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Check out what they do. They begin to draw a contrast between them and the giants based on perception alone. Now, hear me, y'all. Perception isn't reality. It's just what you've made reality to be. Some of you said, Bishop, I'm not getting it. Because you say stuff like this. Nothing ever works for me. No, you just don't listen. Well, it got real quiet right there. Y'all didn't like that part, huh? God don't never seem to do nothing for me. You don't never seem to do nothing he says. See, but you can't see that because your perception's got you, mis it's got you misperceiving what's really going on. You can't see right, so that's why the first test is a vision exam. Can I see around what's trying to block the light? And I think I got a church full of folk that say, I can see around what's trying to block the light because... Watch this. Let me work it a little deeper. Let me work it a little deeper. The shadow was their perception of the giant. Listen to me, y'all. It wasn't real. They created a problem where there wasn't one. Notice how that shadow, can y'all get another shadow that says, get a shadow that says, there you go. Very good. Oh, just marvelous. Wonderful. Over here, over yonder, right there. Now watch this. You see how that shadow looks way bigger than that object? The shadow always looks worse than reality. And you sitting up here losing sleep, losing hair, gaining weight, losing weight because you're looking at a shadow and the shadow ain't even real. You cussing for 
over a shadow. You're sabotaging yourself over a shadow. I can see I got to work it a little further. Watch this. They created a problem where there wasn't one. Say there is. They say there isn't one. Say it again. Say there isn't one. Say it again. Say there isn't one. What have you been stressed out about that ain't even there? Let me prove it to you. I asked somebody. I asked somebody. I asked somebody uh, the other day. I was talking. Uh, I was, I was chatting with somebody. And I said, you know, such and such would be a good place for you to look at this and that. And they're like, no, that probably ain't going to work. I said, well, did you call and check? No. I said, well, how do you know that? You don't know you're looking at a shadow because your past taught you that shadows are real. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Some of y'all ruin relationships because of shadows. You ruin friendships because of shadows. You betray your man of God because of shadows. You, you act like a fool because of shadows. Betray yourself because of shadows. You fight the people that are for you, yet you accept the people who are against you because of shadows. Y'all ain't got to say nothing to me. I'll preach my own self happy. I learned that's the city I'm in. Sometimes you got to preach your own self happy because the people don't perceive the level of revelation that they're receiving. That's all right. I ain't scared of no shadows. Watch this. Are you still here? Watch this. Life is walking through multiple valleys of shadows. The issue isn't what's going on. The issue is your perception of what's going on. Here's the meat right here. Psalm 23, 4. Well, of the first point, I still got two more. Psalm 23, 4. Listen what the psalmist says. Yay, though I walk through the valley. But just right there. And music just means stop. So stop. So say it with me. Yay, though I walk Stop. So we got a clear indication that valleys aren't permanent unless you stop walking. Song says, these boots are made for. Some of y'all been stuck in the valley since you were 12. And you're 42 now, but the truth is, is you're really 12 because you're stuck in what happened to you. Touch your name and say, keep walking, man, keep walking. But then let's read the next part. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Check, check this out, check this out. The psalmist is like, look, I'm not even going to act like it's real because I know I'm not getting ready to die. But he says, occasionally my emotions make me feel like I'm going to die, but I know that that's a shadow. But I can't be afraid of no shadow. Ghostbusters said it like this. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I, I, I ain't scared of no shadow, man. I'm not. I'm walking through this valley and the valley's just got some shadows. It ain't that bad. The problem ain't that bad. You ain't dying like this. You will not be broke all your life. You will not be single all your life. You ain't going to be in a jacked up marriage all your life. It's a shadow. says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Evil means contrary. I won't fear that which is contrary to me. Some of y'all give up because stuff gets contrary. I was serving God and then so-and-so didn't smile at me when I came in from my pre-experience meeting. So I just don't know. 
You don't know what? What you don't know? You ask God to use you. What you ask for? For? You said, Lord, I want to do great things. What you ask for? For? If you ain't going to do nothing, you better eat that banana. You better eat. eat. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, you got to get the CDs from a few weeks ago. I can't explain it again. He says, for you are with me. Your rod. You know what a rod is for? Correction. Can I tell your neighbor why they keep messing up? Because they won't be corrected. I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to your neighbor. You spiritual, but that neighbor of yours, we working on them today. Your rod. You, you know what the shepherds would do? Is they would take their rod, and when the sheep would act like they wanted to have their own will, is the shepherd would use the base. I've taught you this a million times. They'd use the base of the rod, and when the sheep would be like, the shepherd would be like, go over there. Bah, bah. He said, now nah, I said go over there. Bah. Go over there. Okay. Now when they went, here's the problem. Now they had to limp over. Because he would break their legs so he would break their will. Some of you, the fight you've been in ain't been with the devil. You've been wrestling with God himself. And God says, you're going to give me what I want when I want. Oh, I'll break it. I'll beat you when I want up. When I want up. When I... Touch your neighbor and say, quit fighting God. Quit God be God. How you still sitting up having conversations about you ain't really sure whether he is or this or that. How you still doubting after he's done all of what he's done for you. I'll tell you doubting because you know too much about him. He said for your rod and your staff. Staff. So he used the rod for correction. The staff, the shepherd's staff on the end of it, they had a hook. I've talked to you a million times. They used that hook they used that hook to grab the sheep in when the sheep started veering. So the sheep would be like, I don't know if I want to do that. The would be like, I do. <laughs> I don't know if I want to make it out of this valley because the valley is comfortable. Even though I hate it, at least I know what to expect. But your shepherd be like, come on up out this valley. You ought to thank God you got a shepherd that's going to snatch you up out that valley. You, you ought to thank God you have a God. Look at what he says. They comfort me. He says, I take great comfort in knowing that you still love me. How do I know he still loves me? Because he still corrects me. When God stops correcting you, that's an indication he probably stopped loving you. So if you're still getting corrected today, you ought to be shouting, Bishop, why? Because that ought to bring you some comfort that he has not given up on you. He has not thrown in the towel on you. That ought to be some comfort for you. He said, I get comfort in the fact that you slap me around in down there. Not literally. Come on, Denver. He says, I get comfort in the fact that, that you just don't let me. You're still here. The, 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 the psalmist says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. He said, he said I know my emotions, my feelings. You know, my thinking. Can I tell you something? Nowhere in the Bible are you supposed to think. You're just supposed to do what you're told. No, I'm serious. Read your Bible. But Bishop, what about the scripture for as a man thinks in his heart? So is he exactly? And that's why the man was jacked up because he started thinking. See, here's the deal. 
I'm just being honest with you. you you're dangerous to you when you start thinking. Because your thoughts are only based upon your Egypt. You can't think promised thoughts because you only know Egypt. That's why the scripture says, let this mind that was in Christ be in you also. Which means, which means, which means, which means, which means Lord, I'm just going to do what I'm told because my thoughts have gotten me in some bad situations before. Okay, all right, I got to move because I'm almost out of time. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Ten men saw shadows. Joshua and Caleb said this, we are well able to overcome it. They didn't say them, which is interesting to me, which means Joshua and Caleb never saw the giants as a threat. They saw their shadows as the issue. They didn't see the problem as the problem. They, say how, they saw how they perceived the problem as the problem. So they said, we are well able to overcome it. Well, you don't call a giant, which is a person, place, thing, or idea, particularly in this case, a person. You don't call a giant an it when it's a him. So evidently they're referring now to an inanimate object, which was their thought, which was their perception. Are you still here? Oh, I got to move. I can't work that. So, 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 so watch this. The, the, the first point, note takers. First point is what? Pass the vision exam. Here's the second one. Watch this. Giants indicate a due season. Now, I got 15 minutes, so y'all got to help me get through this. Now, watch this. <laughs> Say due season. due season. Say it again, due season. Due season. Say, Bishop, what is a due season? Is that the dew in the morning that's gently resting upon my soul? No, look here. A due season is something from your future based on what you've sown in your past that is due to manifest in your now. Somebody said, Bishop, how do you know that this was the due season? Because the valley that the children of Israel were in was not the valley of shadows. They saw shadows in the valley. But the valley was called the valley of Eshkol. Eshkol means, I've already told you, fruitfulness. Can I give you another word for fruitful? Progress. Can I give you another word for progress? Accomplishment. So the valley they were in was a valley of fruitfulness, progress, and accomplishment. And that's where they saw the shadows. Okay, please, please be faster than that. Uh, which means this. Let me make it real simple. Where there's a giant, that means there's some fruit. When you see giants in your life, that's when you need to start saying, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because I must be making some progress. I, I must be making some accomplishments. I must be moving forward. I thought I was stuck, but I must be further along than I thought I was because giants indicate fruit. But now watch this. Can I take you another further? Can I take you another further? Look at this. Verse 20 there in Numbers 13, it says, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether they are forced or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, read this last part of the verse with me. Now, okay, you, you missed it. Read it again. Okay, y'all ain't reading it like you believe it, so I'm going to ask you to do it one more again. Go ahead. So the giants indicates that it's what? Due season. It's some seed you've had in the ground that you ain't seen a harvest of yet. And the giants you're facing are an indication that my harvest is due not tomorrow, not even in the next year, but it's due now. I, I wish I had somebody here that could read the King's English. It says, now was the time of the season of the first ripe grapes. Watch this. I got I to I teach you. Watch this. Here's the problem, though, y'all. 
Giants aren't what you think they are. Now, certainly giants has a meaning which suggests that it is a problem or an issue that you don't know how to confront or deal with. It's a big problem or issue. Certainly that is one definition. But I've taught you this before because I think it is so powerful. The scripture is layered. It's multifaceted. It is a great tapestry of the mind of God. It is quite interesting. And so when you see the word giants there, you think, oh, just a real tall dude. And literally, that was the meaning, and then the first level of meaning was a big problem or issue that you didn't know how to face. But then there are four distinct definitions of giant that don't make any sense when you read it on the surface. But it makes perfect sense when you read it through the context of the text, and then you exegete the text in order to expostulate the principle from the text. This is what you're trying to say. I'm going to teach it to you. Here it is. Giants, the Hebrew word there is nephilim. N-E-P-H-I-L-L-I-M. You ready for these four definitions? And I got to give them to you real fast. The first definition is it is attempting to be accepted by the wrong people. You know your neighbor's problem is they want to be accepted by losers. So they dumb and lower themselves down to be a loser so they can be accepted by, oh, Bishop, I can't believe you call people a loser. Can we call a spade a spade? It's some folk that ain't going nowhere, don't want to go nowhere, don't want to be nobody, don't want to do nothing. And a lot of them got your same blood, got your same name, live in your same house. The word, the word means trying to be accepted by the wrong people, specifically here, unspiritual people. So you'll never be anything great because you don't want to offend them. You don't want to talk about God when you go around them because they ain't in all that God stuff. Oh, my God, if this was first Sunday, you know what I'd say right here, but it ain't, so I'm going to be good. What in the world you letting them? Well, I normally pray with my food, but I didn't want to offend them because they are Muslim. And what the problem is? What the problem is? I know that's not good English, y'all. Just... You, you, you're attempting to be accepted by folk that ain't been nowhere. It's, it's crazy. You're trying to be accepted by Egypt. And some of you have missed opportunities because you were sitting there fooling with Egypt when you needed to let, for great to live, good must be crucified. For great to live, good must be crucified. When you're going to get to the point to where good enough ain't good enough. But if God said I can be great, I want everything. Average is the enemy to great. Shout, I'm above, I'm above average. Say it like you mean that. I'm above average. You know how I know that? Because after all the hell you've been through, and after all the nights you had to cry, and after all the mistakes you made, you still had a right mind to get up today and say, I will go into the house of the Lord. And, and I'm going not because I know I got everything right, but I know that he's working on me. And I'm a construction site, and he's building me, and he's changing me, and I'm going. And I'm not what I want to be, but I thank him that I'm not what I used to be. Watch this. So, literally, the word giant means attempting to be accepted by the wrong people. It's the fear of losing friends, family, or status to people that ain't nothing know how. And you just need to know that. 
Bishop, can, can I tell you why most people miss the promise? If you read the Bible, most people miss the promise because of their bloodline. And their families talk them into average. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Second definition. That's the meaning of the word giant. Time to be accepted by the wrong people. What opportunities did you did you not take because so and so was like, "Don't do that, man. Just we gonna stay here and do this, man. What's up, man? We gonna do this, man." Come on, partner, we're going to do the... You're sitting here, got the mind of a genius, but you're living like a pauper because you refuse. There's too much movement going on in here. Watch this. Number two, definition of giant. To be disqualified by people or by yourself. That's the meaning of the word giant. Ain't you glad to come to a church where we can, because some of y'all are like, I just thought a giant was a big old dude. Check this out. This is, well, here's the giant. Here's the giant. Remember, I'm helping your neighbor today. You spiritual, you got it, but that neighbor, we're working on them. It means you count yourself out before you even try. So you end up missing 100% of the shots you didn't take. You, you, you didn't even ask. You didn't even inquire. You came to, see, this is why you ain't supposed to be thinking. You came to your own conclusion. Well, I know the Lord ain't going to do that for me. How you know that? The book says he likes taking the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Which means you might just be the fool he want to use. <laughs> Bishop, what's the fool? One who lives as if there is no God. And can we be honest? We've all had some foolish days. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing? Especially to you church folk that been in church all your life. You didn't have foolish days and didn't even know you was foolish because you were a judgmental pontificator. Say amen to that. Third definition. So you disqualified yourself. Some, somebody told you when you were three, you ain't never going to be able to do that. And so now you're 33. I ain't going to be able to do that. I, can't, I just can't do that. Mies and Massa, we got a good life here. Shut your mouth. I was never going to be out of debt. That's all I knows. Message. It's liberation day. Time for you to step up off that plantation day. Whom the sun sets free is free. I wish some free folk would shout. I ain't never going to own that business. I didn't go to schools. So let me just go perform for them. Okay. Y'all ain't saying that to me. That's fine. That's fine. Watch this. The third definition of giant. This is the definition of giant. Third definition of giant means to lie down and rot. That's what giant means. Well, watch this. You you, you ever had some water 
The water in scripture typifies the spirit, but it also deals with life. Say life. life. Here's the deal. But have you ever had water that you left in your kitchen sink for a few days? And you put your hand off in there? Come on, y'all. And it was kind of like a gelatin. Don't look at me. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You done that. You done that. Or, or you didn't close the top on the washing machine. And so it didn't keep cycling. And so you thought it was washing until you went in there and the water was just blue. A nice deep dark blue. Mr. What are you trying to say? Mr. What are you trying to say? Mr. What are you trying to say? To lie down and rot, here's what that means. Stagnant water stinks. Some of the giants that, that your neighbor's facing, because you're spiritual, is, is called a bad attitude. Because they just lied down and they rotted. Water became stagnant, so what once gave life is now causing death for people who experience it. I said this a few weeks ago, but I want to say it again because you need to hear it on the, ta- or the CD. What bad experience did you have that now makes you a bad experience for other people? I asked somebody several months ago, they were just talking, talking. I said, you just sound like a slave. I said, who, who hurt you? And then all of a sudden, the floodgates just opened up. I said, now, do you feel better? I said, because how long are you going to let them keep doing that to you? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Here's what it means. Only something that was once alive can rot. See, the definition is to lie down and rot. Lying down means voluntarily getting on the ground and staying defeated. So you don't even fight because you figure why. You don't even try because you figure why. Fourth definition. So quiet in this church. Listen to this one. It just means to be. (laughs) No passion, no zeal, but settling for mediocrity. Just being. Just, I'm here. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going through the motions. One day my change going to come. Announcement, today is that day. I said, 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 today is that day. Not because your situation changed, but because you did. Here it is. Watch this. Watch this. Y- y'all all right? That's giants. So, so when it says there are giants in the land, there is the attempt to be accepted by the wrong people, disqualification of yourself, lying down and rotting, and just being. Those things only appear in the same place where there is fruitfulness, progress, and accomplishment. So when those things show up, you need to say, what is it my future knows about me that I haven't yet discerned about myself? You don't send giants to fight. Watch this. I saw, uh, uh, what's that? I saw Mandela. Uh, y'all know I like movies. I saw Mandela. And uh, uh, in the movie, one of the scenes from, uh, from Winnie uh, Mandela in, in the movie, she says, she says, she says, Nelson, she said, they fear us. And she said, this is the reason why they treat us like this. She said, because the truth is they're scared of us. They got power, yet they're scared of us. 
Can I make an announcement to you? You sitting here running from the devil, running from your problems. Can I make an announcement to you? Your problems are really scared of you. They scared one day you're going to come up in here and actually start applying what you've been taught. And they scared that one day. She said, Nelson, they fear us. This is why they oppress us. Uh, Okay. Last point, and we're done. Now, if you don't shout off the last point, at the end of the worship experience, I'm going to do what's called an invitation to Christ so you can give your life to Jesus. So the question is, Bishop, what do I do in the Valley of Shadows? What, how do I, what do I do? I get the giants. I get what the giants are. I get that I got a passive vision exam. I get that I can't be scared of shadows. But how do I do that? It, it's in the text. Moses told the children of Israel, he said, be of good courage. So then the question becomes, Bishop, how do I remain encouraged? If you can remain encouraged, you will conquer everything and anything that ever comes at you. This is the reason why all in my office and everywhere I frequent around the campus and at my home, everywhere, I have these, these, these collages of every card and every thank you letter and every praise support and everything that people have ever sent in. So that way, everywhere I look, I constantly see encouragement. And in my house, next to my, uh, uh, the, the clicker for the air, which, uh, the thermostat, in my house, right next to that, I got a sign that reminds me, it says, excellence is a lifestyle. And then when I'm walking out of my door, I got a sign next to my door that reminds me that I'm a king. Matter of fact, I'm going to even tell you, this ain't really none of your business, but above my bed, I got letters that say king. Spelled it out. So every time I walk in there, I'm reminding myself, he has made me to be a king and a priest. And I got to remind myself sometimes, because if I can stay encouraged, I can knock down any. And then on one side, this ain't none of your business, but on one side, I got a picture that, that for years ago from past appreciation, they got one, one of them, they got me like in a superhero outfit. And then the other one, they got me in my vestments and robes, my business robes and all that kind of stuff. And I just, when I wake up, I just say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then when I'm walking down the hall, I got another sign that reminds me of something. And then when I walk, Bishop, what are you trying to say? Is that Moses told him, he said, be of good courage. In other words, he said, stay perpetually encouraged. Say perpetual encouragement. See, it's hard to be negative when you got encouragement around you. It's hard to have a bad attitude when you got encouragement around you. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Watch this. So, 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 so here it is. Here it is. Third point. Note takers. Be of good courage. Now you said, Bishop, how do I do that? It's, it's through one thing, and I'm through. Say my testimony. my testimony. Now everybody in here has a testimony. Your testimony is a sum total of every test and trial you've been through that you live to tell about. Now watch this. A testimony is comprised of what you did right, what you did wrong, and what he did to make all of that work together for your good. Because let's be honest, if we look back, there's a lot of stuff where you are blaming other folks that if you tell the truth, you can say, nah, that was me. There's a lot of stuff you're looking at like, oh, I can't believe so-and-so did that. But when you look back, you're like, nah, that was me. Nah, that was me too, and that was me too. So a testimony is not just what I did right, but it's also what I did wrong. And then what he did to make it all work together for my good. And we know that all things work together. It didn't say all things work, it said they work together. Which means God says, I'll take your broke washing machine and somehow your clothes going to get cleaned and washed. I didn't say it was going to work. I just said it's going to work together. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You still here? Now, every time you come through a valley, you have a testimony. 
Anybody been through some valleys in your life? I said, anybody been through some valleys in your life? I said, anybody been through some valleys in your life? Now, now, now watch this. If you abort the valley, you abort the testimony. Now, I know what some of y'all think. Well, then I just don't want no testimony then. You crazy. I encourage you to put the Drano down today. It's dangerous for your health. Bishop, what do you mean? Testimony in the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi, was an idiom for the commandments of God, which represented God's covenant with us. Say testimony. So when they would say testimony in the Old Testament, they weren't talking about giving honor to God, pastor, his eminence, the most reverend Dr. Foreman. Everyone's and everyone's. I want to tell you, God's been good to me. He woke me up this morning. And he started, that ain't no testimony, that's a daily report. <laughs> that's a daily profile. <laughs> now, now, watch this, watch this, watch this. Every time in the Old Testament, when they would say testimony, they were saying proof of my covenant with God. The fact that you have a testimony is proof of his covenant with you. So what is a covenant? It's a covenant that divinity makes with humanity. Uh, a covenant is where God said, I'm going to do my part. And even when you don't do my, your part, I'm still going to do my part. Because I'm betting that eventually you're going to do your part. So when I got on the cross, that was a gamble. But I never lose a bet. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. God took a gamble on saving you and on keeping you from dying when you should have died. But God said, but I ain't never lost a bet before. So he says, your testimony, I'm almost to, he says, your testimony is proof of your covenant with God, your agreement with God. Now check this out. Here it is. Now this is where we're going to shout. Revelation 12, 11, it says this. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb that's been shed. When did he do that? On the cross. Say, the blood has been shed. The blood has been shed. Uh, all, right, all right, all right. And by the word of their testimony, which you just learned, that's not just what you've been through, what you did right, what you did wrong, and what he did to make it work, but you just learned that that is evidence of his agreement with you. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now, check this out. Say, the way I overcome, way I overcome. Is, through is through my testimony. Now, now, check this out. Here's what your testimony does. It, does. it does two things, real quick. The first thing is it encourages others. You ever listen to somebody's story and said, God, dog, if you've been through all that, I got this. I like looking at bi biographies. I like watching biographies because often you see the glory of people, but you don't see the story of people. And you assume that it was easy for people not knowing that. And you say, oh, that, that person just got there overnight. Well, it was the longest night of their life. So I like looking at biographies because people say experience is the best teacher. That's not true. Other people's experience is the best teacher because it doesn't cost you anything except time and attention. If you acted a fool, I can learn from your foolish days and not have to be a fool. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? We take this opportunity to welcome all of those that are with us in the overflow areas. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what, say testimony. Say it again. Say, I got one. Check this out. You encourage others. Check this out. When somebody is hurting, they don't need to know what your God can do. They need to know what he's done. See, the reason I can get up and preach to you that he's a healer is because anybody ever had to be healed. The reason you can testify that he's a way maker is because when you didn't know how a way was going to get made, 
Didn't he do it? Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. The reason I can testify is that he'll heal your broken heart is because I've had one. The reason I can testify is you can make it past betrayal is because I've been betrayed. The reason... But now check this out. Check, check this out. Check, check, check this out. Say testimony. testimony. Say it again. Say testimony. testimony. Say it one more time. Say testimony. testimony. Check, check, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Not only does your testimony encourage others, but check this out. It heals you. Now I'm going to show you something. I've taught it to you before, but one of the things I realize is redundancy is the teacher's best friend. So often about the 15th time I say something to y'all, y'all get it. Last year. But this year we're going to improve it to like the first time. Hallelujah. I call things that be not as though they were shut up by Now watch this. Watch this. Say my testimony heals me. Here it is. In James 5.16, listen what it says. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Take this out. I told you testimony is what you did right, what you did wrong, and what he did to make it all work for your good. When it says trespass here, trespass deals with a specific type of action where you willingly did what you knew to be wrong, hoping that somehow it would be right, even though you knew up front it could not be right because you willingly knew it was wrong. But look at what James says. Confess that. Let me say it another way. Testify. Be a good class. To one another. And then once you testify to one another, pray for one another. And then it gives you a promise. You'll be healed. Now, okay, y'all, y'all not hear what I'm saying. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Look, 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 look. Say my testimony. Heals me. He says, confess your trespasses, your testimony to one another. Look at the neighbor and say, we both have testimonies. And then he said, pray for one another. And then he gives you a promise. He says that you may be healed. Here's the problem we have is that often we are ashamed of our testimony. And the enemy wants you to be ashamed of your testimony because he knows there's a promise attached to it. If he can get you walking around trying to deny and dissuade, and I didn't do that, and I didn't do that. If he can get you to do that, then he knows you'll never be healed. But some of you got some emotional healing and some spiritual healing, and we've got some, we've, we, we, we've got some generational healing, and we've got some physical healing. That the book says, if you testify, y'all are missing it. Let's slow it down. Look at me. Put the camera on me. Okay, let's walk through it. Put the El Camaro, there it is. Is that how you say that in Espanol? Oh, ca oh camera. Camera on me. I like camera. So in the, in the Harvest Dictionary, in the Spanish section, camera means camera. It's called Apostolic Decree. Read it, John 20. Now watch this. Look at me, y'all. Could it be that some of you that have physical ailments, that you've prayed for healing, you've prayed for this, you've prayed for that, is that the missing link is right here in the verse. Testify. And pray for one another so you can be healed. 
Could it be that some of the emotional stuff that you just you're, you just just get in these emotional tirades and you just go all in a hurricane? It's like Hurricane Katrina and just it's just crazy and it's just all kind of stuff and the levees ain't high enough and it's just too much going on and they put you in the superdome. It's just too much going on. Oh my God! 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 What's going on? Could it be that you could be healed from that if you testify? Okay, all right, come on. If y'all help me, I'm over time, but I just want to make sure we get it. Could it be that, that, that some of the spiritual healing that you need? Because the truth is, is, sometimes as you walk with God, sometimes you can get angry at God because you don't understand what he did. And so you can serve him but be mad at him. And your anger for him plays out in how you pray. Because mad people normally don't communicate well. Father, just thank you for this day. Amen. You ain't asked for nothing. You ain't declared nothing great. You just trying to make it through another day. Just trying to get rich. Okay. All right, let's slow it down. And then we're going to shout. Got it? What's the point number one from this message? Pastor, vision exam. Point number two? Giants indicate due season. What's the third one? Be of good courage. All right, good, 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 good note takers. Very good. Now, how do I stay of good courage? I stay perpetually encouraged. Now, I gave you some very practical examples you can do in your life. Like, how about changing your screensaver on your phone from something that stresses you out every time you see it to... I like lions and eagles and stuff like that. So all around me, I got lions and eagles and tigers and bears and all this here. <laughs> okay, I'm perpetually encouraging myself because I like lions. Because I'm, a, 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 you know, I'm, I, I'm like Mufasa. But I live the whole time, though. I live the whole time. <laughs> Not similar. You shouldn't have went down there, son. I don't know. You got to you help yourself. The Lord will get you out. I you ain't gonna get me ran over by no wildebeest. I'll stay right up here. I'm praying for you, son. <laughs> I'm just joking. The way you stay perpetually encouraged is you remind yourself of your own testimony. Some of us are sitting in here today. You got volumes of books, not books. You got volumes of books that you could write about your testimony. Because people see you today and think, oh, that's a, and you're like, man, if you only knew when I was doing this, if you only knew when I had the knife to your neck, if you only knew when you had the knife to your wrist, if they only knew when you had that bottle of pills next to your bed, if they only knew, if they only knew the day you got in the car and just started driving, but then the Holy Ghost made it so that you ran out of gas and you couldn't even do what you wanted to do. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Y'all don't want to be real today. If they only knew, you stay encouraged because you remind yourself like David. When David was getting ready, and here it is, I'm through. When David was getting ready to fight a giant. Come on, be a good class. I want to close like a Baptist preacher. Come on, be a good class. When David was getting ready to fight Goliath, which was another giant. I said he was getting ready to fight Goliath. Does anybody know this Touch He was getting ready to fight a giant. Do you know what he did? He said, if God delivered me from the lion. And if God delivered me from the bear, he was telling his testimony. He was telling his testimony. He looks at Goliath and says, well, then who are you? If I didn't been through this, and if I've been through that, 
then what in the world is this? Who is this uncircumcised? I wish some people with a testimony in here that aren't ashamed about it would just hop on their feet and shout about their own testimony. I yeah, I've been through some things, been through some things. Had to cry sometimes, but I'm still here. Felt like giving up sometimes, but I'm still here. Felt like throwing in the towel, but I'm still here. Because I got a testimony, got a testimony, got a testimony. Everybody stand with me. Father, we thank you for your word today. In the valley of shadows, our testimony perpetually encouraged. We are perpetually encouraged. I, I want you to take just, just about 30 seconds. I want you to take 30 seconds. Don't get into the deep version. Your neighbor ain't ready for all that. But just get him the little short version. I want you to take 30 seconds. And I just want you to talk. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.